0: Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the podcast for the last 50 episodes. Today marks the finale of season one, and I can't be any more prouder of myself, the guests, and even for you if you've if you've taken action on this journey uh, with Talking with Experts podcast. Uh, today we actually have a fantastic guest with a, a really impressive resume. But before I go into that, I just want to give thanks to everybody who has joined, who has listened. And for those guests that are continuing to support me with my uh, side business on the side and just continuing to be uh, supportive and help me with my own confidence. So, today's guest is none other than Chris Shalzi, the head of growth at AppSumo, the number one platform 1.25 million plus entrepreneurs trust for everything they need to create fulfilling businesses. Chris has an impressive resume and has been working at AppSumo for eight plus years uh, as, a, as a growth hacker, as a marketer, and also as just a, an incredible resource for, um, for the business. He shares, in today's episode, he shares how he got started in the entrepreneur space what he has achieved at AppSumo and why it is crucial to list your product on AppSumo to get user feedback, grow your audience and leverage the audience that AppSumo has. In this episode, we talk about AppSumo, the benefits of selling on AppSumo and marketplaces in general, how to think like a doctor and not like a salesman, how to develop your business or career by developing successful habits and continuing to improve yourself. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a lot out of it. At the end, I'll be sharing something that Noah Kagan had to say about the podcast. So thank you, Chris Shousey, for joining me on Talking With Experts podcast this week. Again, like before I was saying, it's amazing to have you on from a phenomenal company. And your your expertise is in so many different places. Uh, I'm really excited to to learn more about you and your history and and what it's like to work at AppSumo. And yeah, please share some more about you and what your expertise is right now.
1: Yeah, sure. Chris, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Really cool what you've put together. Um, Yeah, so I'm I'm the head of growth at AppSumo. So we are a launch ground for startups for both customers coming to find tools to help them grow their businesses as well as people who have tools that help people grow their businesses. So we kind of have both sides of those marketplaces going on. Uh, We started in 2010. I've been with AppSumo since 2015, um, 2015, 2016, (laughs) sometime around there (laughs) coming up on my five-year anniversary. Um, But yeah, it's been, it's been great. We've been able to to help a lot of people work with thousands of different uh, partners with their products and then millions of entrepreneurs. So it's been a a really cool, really cool
0: ride. Yeah. And I think I've seen on the website that you funded, millions to entrepreneurs as well and uh, I saw on your recent post today that so it would be in a few a few months ago let's say <laughs> when, this, <laughs> when this podcast uh, but you said that you're 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 giving away one million dollars or something to entrepreneurs in some way or another so this is a, a fantastic uh, like act of philanthropy as well that you're doing with AppSum- yeah I mean so our
1: like- our mission is really to like we believe that everyone who wants to be an entrepreneur should be able to be an entrepreneur and that the barrier to entry should be as low as possible because there's already so much risk associated with it that mm-hmm. as much as we can do to kind of lower the cost of entry, that's what we want to do. So what you're referring to is our, what we're calling our million dollar black Friday fund. So we basically took a million dollars out of our marketing budget and we're giving it away to digital creators. And the reason we're doing that is because black Friday is one of the biggest days of the year for online businesses for businesses in general, but a lot of kind of the advertising time and the airspace is taken up by these big brands. And so it can be hard to stand out. So we're like, instead of us pouring more money into, into our budget, why don't Mm -hmm. we give some of that away? So what we're doing to kind of incentivize people to list their products on AppSumo, because now anybody with a digital product can actually come to AppSumo, .appsumo sell.appsumo.com. They can come list the digital product, whether it's, an ebook, an online course, a software tool, like a checklist, anything like that. Um, trackers, templates, they can come, they can list that on AppSumo. And then during this promotion, they can, if they list by November 17th, which will be a bit outdated by the time this airs, but yeah. um, maybe we'll have another promotion going on then. Um, we're giving them a slice of that million dollars. It breaks down in different ways, but yeah, it's super cool. It's uh, its gotten a great reception so far.
0: Yeah, and I and I did see some people um, putting in little offers up checklists and books and uh, uh, so that that's really cool uh, and i actually use some of your products without without even knowing that i use them <laughs> and uh, I, I had to double check uh, send fox
1: yeah i think yeah. it was
0: for podcasts email automation that's yeah, it's really, like an email
1: automation tool
0: it, it's amazing and then i get weekly reminders to say you've got a smart campaign ready and it's kind of it take it takes all the data from my RSS feed, and creates an email for me that I can just send to my list, which is incredible because it just takes the headache out of. I know it's not super complex, but a headache out of writing. Yeah, well, a, no, a that, that was
1: the the purpose of SendFox, which is one of yeah. We have a, another like branch of our company that we call AppSumo Originals, which are like. products, because a lot of what we do is promoting other people's products, but we also have products ourselves. Mm -hmm. SendFox is one of those, the email marketing tool. And there are a lot of great email marketing tools, but a lot of them have a lot of bells and whistles and features and integrations and all these different things that, that are super helpful if you know what you're doing with them, but they can also become, again, like, like we were talking about earlier, that barrier to entry. It's like, you can set up a software tool and then you get into the dashboard and you're like, man, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do in here. I don't Mm -hmm. know where to start. I don't know if I have everything set up properly. So the goal of SendFox is like, let's make an email marketing tool that is just dead simple to use and effective. And so uh, that's super cool. You've been, you've been using it. You've been liking it so far.
0: I love it and it was actually awesome. recommended to me by somebody who appeared on episode two who's been really really helpful with the podcast uh we call him feel better the podcast mogul so I will be referring <laughs> you to him because he's a phenomenal guy Yeah, please. He, oh that's he's, great he's definitely helped me with this podcast but he said oh you'll love Sen Fox and you'll love this guy called Noah Kagan who's this guy Oh, AppSumo! Oh, I've got someone coming on from AppSumo. <laughs> I didn't know at all. Yeah, it's a small yeah. world. It's a small it's world a small for world. sure. So I, I love the fact that you're here, and and thanks again for um, you know your interest in being on the podcast. So yeah, um, can you can you explain a little bit more of your history and how you got into this entrepreneurial space and how you got to work with AppSumo and others? As well.
1: Yeah. Um, so, similar to you, I did not graduate with a degree in marketing. I think I, I was a uh, creative writing major with an environmental studies minor. Um, when I got out of school, I was actually at EMT, I was working on an ambulance. Um, I was considering going to medical school and then decided that that was not the right path for me then I went into uh, working for like a financial management company for, for a bit. Did not like that at all. I was, in a, I was in a cubicle and like, you know, it was one of the, the biggest asset management firms in the world. And I, I hated it. Um, and so I was like, I need to find a way out of this. And I had to, I was living in Boston at the time. So I would take a 40 minute train ride like into Boston or I was working in Boston, into Boston and on the train, both ways, I would just be like reading books on entrepreneurship and marketing and startups and all of that. I'm like, let me just build up an education here. Mm -hmm. And I did that for like six months. I would just be like pounding books, like three, four books a week, just being like, Hey, I'm starting at zero. I want to get into this field. How do I do it? And then through all of that, I would like learn about the different people and the different companies and what strategies people were using um, and then I came across a startup in Boston called Pavlok, which was mm-hmm. a worldable device that would use electric shock to help you break bad habits. And I was like, "That's super cool!" Um, and so I reached out to the the CEO of that company. We ended up connecting, and then uh, he offered me a job. So I left the financial management company, went and worked with them, and then we had like a really cool run together. We did an IndieGoGo campaign that, mm-hmm. like, our goal was fifty thousand. We ended up doing like over two hundred and eighty thousand. We were featured on all these different news stations. It was, it was really cool, a really cool experience and did that for a bit. And then, uh, and then moved down to Austin and then through like pal block, I had met certain people. And then that's how I ended up connecting with, uh with AppSumo, which was, which was really cool. But yeah, I always, always wanted to get into this space and always felt like I would do all of the things and then still never be able to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of like self-doubt as I was going. I'm like, what if I read these books and start a blog and do all this and I still can't break in. Um, but it, at least for me, it was, it was just like grind and connect with people. And like, it it led to where I am now. And I, I, it's it's been phenomenal. Yeah.
0: Well, that gives me a lot of hope for my journey, I guess, as somebody who wants to start a business in the future, but still wants to have a, a marketing career or a business career so that gives me a lot of hope so thank you for that uh, and yeah. you you mentioned there that you 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 read a lot of books and you invested a lot of time in your own personal development and in people so those were yeah. important aspects of your um, career
1: yeah I I feel like uh at least for me like every, everyone learns in different ways but I I have found that like books have been one of the most helpful things for me. I mean, it, it allows you to basically take what took somebody maybe multiple decades to learn and then another like three to five years to distill down into a book and then another year of like editing it so you can understand it. And like, you get all of that and you can read it in a week. And it's like every book you read, you're basically like learning somebody's decades worth of experience for the most part. Um, And just like that, that leverage, like you spend what, $15 and then you get a decade of somebody's experience. And then you just go around and you keep doing that over and over again. Like you can really build up a solid arsenal of things to know. And then like one book will lead you to another one. And then you see how things would, uh, would like work together. And I remember when I was in like, peak reading season where I was reading like (laughs) multiple books a week and I would just start to notice like patterns of, I would read like a history book and then read a marketing book or a business or a philosophy book. And then like, start noticing different patterns, how different things tie together. And you start getting kind of like a framework for like how business works and how the world works and how marketing Mm -hmm. works and how people work and like how people think and how they make buying decisions. And then like mindset and personal growth, uh, pieces it, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a really powerful tool that like unlocked a lot of the world for me, which was really cool.
0: And it led to, it's almost like you read the books and then you were able to have a really successful um, crowdfunding campaign that then turned into another opportunity and then another opportunity all through reading books.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's, they, they make it so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to learn marketing from the ground up. You just have to like, I remember somebody said this once, I forget who it was, but they were like, if you want to become an expert at a subject, it's like, just go to like Amazon and type in whatever that subject is and then see what like the top three to five books in that area are. And then if you read those and you can read those and like, if you're reading slowly, like a month or two months, and now you have, you know, the 80, 20 principle, you probably have 80% of the things you need to know. And maybe you go back through those books and try to like, not just go through it once, but go through and really understand it and maybe journal about it or blog about it. So you're really like incorporating that into the way that you think and then go to YouTube and like do the same thing there. And it's like, watch like the top YouTube marketing videos or marketing channels, sign up for the top. And it's like, if you just kind of do that, um, that across different channels, like um, there's like, there's this, have you heard of the dream 100 strategy, like the dream 100
0: concept? I've heard of it but it might be uh, different from Russell Brunson. Yeah. Russell Brunson talks
1: about it. Chet Holmes talks about it in the, uh, the ultimate sales machine, which I think I have over here, but yeah, I mean, that's often applied to like um, building up like a dream 100 of like your dream customers or your dream channels that you would want to like drive traffic from. So if you were like for, for you, it's like, I want to run a podcast. Who are those dream 100 people I would love to have on the podcast. And then that allows you to like, figure out a lot of other things because they have they have like the audiences and the people and all of that. But you can also apply that to learning where it's like, what are the kind of like that 80-20? What are the top channels I can learn from? And then mm-hmm. the people on those channels that I can learn that from. So it's like when it comes to books, like say you want to learn marketing, what are, what are those top books on marketing? What are those top videos on marketing, the top online courses, the top people in marketing? And then you can just start digesting that and going down the rabbit hole. Um, instead of it just being this massive world, you can really narrow that down. And now at least you have like that solid foundation to start from. And I know that was a lot.
0: No, <laughs> no that's fine. That's fine. So, so we kind of covered your background. But so if, if I was starting a business or at the, at the build stage of a business, how, how could I implement the Dream 100 strategy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would want to go more specific of, like, what type of business you wanted to build. So if you're building, like, an online course company versus you're doing a, like, uh, a software company, depending on what you're doing, there are going to be different people who do that best. Um, But, yeah, what would, yeah, I mean, so if you're going to do, like, an online course, there are a bunch of people in that space. I mean, I think, um, man, what's her name? Amy Porterfield's, like, big in the online uh, course space. Um, Who else? Stu, I, don't, I don't know a bunch
0: the of them. Stu McLaren.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean there there's, there's a lot of there's people. Lots, yeah, of there's a lot. Yeah. Um so you can start there and like see go through their courses, go through their funnels, see what those look like, see how they structure their courses. Um and then you can kind of go like a layer kind of above that or below that. I don't know which direction it would be of like just how to how do people learn and how to how do you outline something and maybe you can find other fields that also relate. So it's like well, what is an online course? An online course is like you're teaching somebody something, so you need an outline. But what else has outlines? It's like books have outlines. So you can see, like, look at the top books that maybe there aren't a lot of online courses on that mm-hmm. topic. And you can find, again, you can find those top books on like persuasion. And you're like, well, there isn't a good online course on persuasion, but there's a bunch of really good books on persuasion. What if I read through those books, took the top things I liked from each of those and turned those into a course. And now you have like the course on persuasion. Um yeah. I mean, that that's one way to go about it. But I think, I think just the, the general concept of not reinventing the wheel, not starting from scratch and then modeling based on what is working for other people is like, it seems so obvious, but a lot of people don't do that. And I think yeah. a lot of people think that like, if they're, uh, they see it as a good thing if there isn't like competition in a certain area. But I think Peter Thiel talks about this in Zero to One where he's like, if there's not competition. There's probably a reason because like that mm. that area, um, like people went into it and then got out because it just wasn't working. So competition can be a good thing, but then you want to like the blue ocean strategy is one of my one of my favorite business books of like, how do you escape into a blue ocean where like you can have a monopoly of one, you don't have that competition, but at least like you're kind of starting there and then moving away from it
0: yeah there's a there's a lot of uh there's a lot there's so many different books and what you mentioned there was almost like thinking ab- abstract in a way okay books use this framework what other other things use that those kind of outlines we we use something that's working here instead of going down that one path you're you're looking at different areas and you're modeling people so that that's a good way to think of it and I wanted to talk to you because I know you wanted to talk about marketplaces. Um, how does that work? Um, how can we use marketplaces as online business owners to create success in our business?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, so marketplaces are one of like the oldest ways people have been selling their products. Um, it's like, if you think like back to ancient times, people would, if you had like, a fruit stand or you're a blacksmith or whatever. It's like you wouldn't have your blacksmith shop way out in the middle of nowhere. You would have it like in the downtown area because that's where everyone's coming. That's where everybody's shopping. And even if people don't know about you, they might know about the person across from you. And so then you just get that pass by traffic of people. Mm -hmm. They come and they're looking for one thing and then they see you over there and they're like, oh, let me check out this guy over here. Um, And like even today, if you were going to like start like a physical business, You wouldn't put it out in the middle of nowhere and then just try to like convince people to come and like to drive traffic towards you out in the middle of nowhere. But online, that's what a lot of people do when they start like that. That's what the equivalent of starting a new website. It's like nobody knows this website exists. Hmm. It just it's out in the middle of nowhere on the Internet. And now you're going to try to like find people to get them to come to your brand new website that hasn't been tested that like you don't even get. Really enough traffic to to be able to test on it because mm. you you're just not going to get the statistical significance of it. Um, but th- there are a lot of online marketplaces. So there's like Amazon is a marketplace, eBay is a marketplace, Airbnb is a marketplace. Um, what like Etsy is a marketplace. But there hasn't really been one for like software products and digital products. Um, not at the scale that we're trying to do it at at AppSumo. Mm. And we've been doing this for a decade plus, and we just opened it up where before we were kind of, you know, acting as the gatekeepers, where we would go out, find the deals, structure a deal, and then send it to our, our list and our audience. But then in the past year or so, we opened up our platform where anyone with a digital product can come and list that. And so in you can do it in less than 10 minutes or so, depending on like how complex it is. Uh, but like I said, online courses, ebooks, software tools, checklists, like Canva templates really anything that anybody can, can access digitally. Um, that's what we're, we're letting people list. And it's been, it's been really cool. The average person has been making around like $1,500 a month on there. And then there's obviously, you know, people that have been doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, which is really cool for people who, you know, they created a product and they wanted to just dip their toe in the water and see what Mm. it was like. And then to see it blow up, but even for the people where, you know, it's not like life-changing money in, in the perspective that you can retire on it, but it's life-changing money in the perspective that like, I didn't have a business. I wasn't an entrepreneur and now I am. And like, mm-hmm. now I have customers and now I prove to myself that I can create a product and find customers and then like go from there, which is like, I think a lot of people underestimate like the psychological benefit of doing something like that. And it's, it's really powerful. And then on top of that, I think a lot of people, they get into entrepreneurship because they want, like, they really like the idea of thinking of like their customers' problems, mm-hmm. finding a solution for it, and then giving it to those customers. But then <clears throat> but then as they get into it and they, they get into online business and they're like, okay, well, I wanted to like come up with products and sell them to customers. But to like bridge that gap between like the product that you want to create and your customer, you have to build a website and then Mm. like set up a payment processor and set up an email drip sequence and then figure out a way to like drive traffic to your website. And like, there's just so such a big gap and a big barrier to entry. And so that's like, what is so cool about marketplaces in general, and like specifically about what we're trying to do at AppSumo is like, We're trying to make it so you don't need a website. You don't need to like be like a master of driving traffic or setting up payment process or anything like that. We've already like split tested and figured out the best way to like do a landing page and do a checkout flow and all of that. So all you need is like the product and you come and you list that on AppSumo and like, yeah, you can do more to kind of boost it up and drive traffic to your AppSumo page. But you're already getting kind of the brand recognition of like being on AppSumo, Sumo. Yeah. And then uh, the landing page is already like structured where you don't have to be like a web developer or anything like that. So we're just putting kind of like your idea and product and your customers like a lot closer together before, because I think, especially for me, that was something that always tripped me up. Like I would want to write an ebook or I would want to make a course. And I'm like, even if I like the idea, I don't want to go through all of those steps because like, You also don't know if it's gonna work. So like Mm. as quickly as you can get that validation, the better, because if you go through all that stuff of like building a website and everything, and then you don't get sales, or you like went into the wrong niche, or you built the wrong product, and you're like, I just spent three months doing that and thousands of dollars, and I got one sale, or I got no sales, and then you're really disheartened. Um, So like, I think that's what's so cool about marketplaces where you can get that rapid feedback, that rapid validation, and get customers quickly, and you don't have to like invest a whole ton of time and money and getting it set up. It's just like, it's such an obvious play as you're starting out. And then once you're at scale, you can always then move and like build a website or use that as just like one of your channels and, and like try to build your brand separately. But I don't see any reason why you would want to do that. Like from the jump.
0: So, so for me, uh, you think it would be, so I've got the podcast, but I've got a website that no one visits <laughs> uh the the only people that might visit are the the people that are coming on the show but i doubt you looked at it so so that's a sign so that i need to potentially build out a mini course or um build out a little checklist and put it on app sumo and that way i can
1: i, I mean leverage did an did audience a, yeah what if you did a checklist on on how to get like expert guests on your podcast and it's like a step-by-step step. this is this is like the email template you send this is the cadence you send it this is how you research them this is how you like figure out the best way to, to structure the ask this is how you conduct the interview it's like that's valuable like that's cool yeah. and now and now you're establishing yourself and you're connecting with a couple people and then uh like if that goes well then maybe you turn it into a full page ebook and you list another product and then if that goes well maybe now you create a whole uh like uh, um what's the word online course for like how you do the whole thing. And so you can start small, like start with the simplest, cheapest version to see if you get validation. Cause it doesn't make sense to start with an online course before you validate, uh, validate at the earlier stages. I was, I'm reading, um, what is it called? Uh, high output management by, Oh man, what's his name? The uh, former like CEO of Intel, Andy Groves. And he was talking about how, like, if you're, it, in a production process, you want to try to address problems as early on in the production process as possible because they're the cheapest problems to fix there. And so like yes. people will build it, like, be like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to build a business around like whatever the topic is, but then they'll go and build this whole high production thing where they haven't v- validated it at earlier stages mm. in the production process. So it's like, what is the earliest piece of the production process? Maybe it's a checklist, maybe it's an ebook, once it's validated there, now you're like, okay, there there's interest in this. Now let me go to step two and then step three. And if like, then you have an issue with step two, it's like, well, did you change anything between here? Or maybe the people who are interested in the cheapest version aren't interested in this version. Uh, and then you can go from there. I mean, I was, who was it? Somebody was talking recently about how they wanted to like build a, a like course or an ebook or something on, it was like insurance because like insurance is a giant pain in the ass. But, um, nobody can i curse on here but <laughs> um, <laughs> apologies um i'll try to i'll try to tone yeah, it down yeah. um but then they realize like nobody's interested in learning like people don't like insurance but they're also so intimidated by it, they don't want to learn about it and so it's you yeah. gotta validate it before you build the whole thing out because even if it's a good idea if there aren't customers for it then
0: it's not a good idea <laughs> and and you uh i'm definitely going to do it and there's so many different marketplaces out there um um, you, you can leverage so many different audience audiences and it saves you trying to build an audience and I, I can remember another expert saying use other people's audiences and this is exactly what I would be doing in this case so yep uh, I didn't even think about it is there any other uh, way that we could find people without using marketplace
1: well I think just that Um, I've always really liked that idea of like other people's platforms. Like how do you leverage? I mean, I'm doing that right now with you. It's like, I don't have your, I think you said 2000 listeners. I don't have a podcast with 2000 listeners. So I'm coming on here and now I get to leverage your platform. People who come to AppSumo, AppSumo, they get to leverage our platform of millions of entrepreneurs visit our site every month. Um, Do the same thing with like other people's social media channels. Like how can you get in front of their audience or how can I sponsor somebody's email list and then get in front of those, those groups of people? I think that's one of like the, the big mistakes. I think, I don't, I don't even know if it's necessarily a mistake, but it can be less efficient when you're starting out is people want to do it all on their own. And it's like, but that's a really, like you are going from nothing and you're trying to get to something, but if you can leverage other platforms, you can get there a lot quicker. And there's uh, another book that I actually read recently that I really liked called who, not how. And it's about, um, it's like when you run into a problem, instead of asking like, how do I do this myself? Ask who can do this for me. Mm. And so it's like, uh, cause again, it's another thing I would always run into. It's like, if I wanted to build a website, it's like, how do I build a website? Oh, now I need to learn to like develop a website or yeah. how do I run Facebook ads? And it's like, well, now I need to be a Facebook ads expert. And it's like, no, who could run Facebook ads for me? It's like, oh, you can find somebody on Fiverr to do it for like a hundred bucks mm. or same thing with like designing a website. So I think that mentality of who, not how is, really is like a mindset shift that allows you to like stay focused on the thing that you're most expert at and then allow other experts to be expert at the things that you need help with. Um, and I think Russell Brunson talks about that in some of his books as well. He's like, mm. I've never personally run a Facebook ad. Like, I just know how to find the best Facebook ads people because I like just doing the, the marketing or the webinars or, or the sales funnels. And so I focus on those, but I can't just do those because i need people coming in and so then you you bring those those folks on
0: yeah and and again the same experts have been saying or the, or the experts that are on my podcast they've all said hire experts to do different jobs and so you can focus on what you really want to focus on so yeah you're you're saying all the right things but, glad, but if you were telling but, me i was disagreeing <laughs> with everyone who's been on here i'd be i'd
1: be nervous about everything yeah
0: <laughs> no it i think it's A lot more simple than we make it. I I think a lot of the time when we have an idea, like you say, we always focus on the the big thing at the start without the audience and without the credibility. We should just focus on the small bits. And um, there is no real secret except for just the things that the experts are saying on here. Don't overcomplicate things. Keep things simple. Read books. You know, these are really simple things. Yeah, I think that's
1: what... I think a lot of it for myself included, it's just fear. It's like, you don't want to do the one thing that you know you need to do, which is usually like going out and talking to people or finding people or like asking people to do something. Uh, And so you'll find a lot of ways around doing that thing because you're like, it can't be that easy. So maybe it's this thing over here and all you're doing is just circling around the one thing that you actually need to do. And then you like talk to people and you hear what they say and you're like, Yeah. Okay. But like, what's the, what's the one thing you're not telling me? Like, what's that one (laughs) little hack that I get to do without ever like, um, this is, this is interesting. Like I, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. It's it's a bit of a tangent, but I've always been like very interested in like health and nutrition and things like that. Um, but I could never like get into like really good shape. Like I wanted to, and I would always try these different diets, but I realized like, I just love eating and I love eating a lot of food. Mm -hmm. And so I would like try these different diets and it would be like, a low carb diet. So I can eat a bunch of food as long as I'm eating low carb, or Mm. I would have like a high protein diet and I can add in like the thing I was always avoiding is like just reducing the amount of food that I was eating. And so, and I think a lot of people do that in entrepreneurship too, is like, there's one thing that they really don't want to do. Like they're, they're anxious to talk to people or they're anxious to like put themselves on camera or whatever it is. But it's just that, like that psychological idea. I think Carl Jung talks about this of like the thing that you're avoiding is the thing that will unlock what you need to do. It's like what you need is found in the, like the place you don't want to look. And that's such a true thing. And so I think if people are to bring it back around, if people are like struggling in their business, where they can't figure out why they're not finding customers or whatever it is, it's like, to reflect on like, what's the thing that you've told yourself, you're absolutely not going to do like, I will build this business. But the one thing I'm not going to do is this, I'm not going to do video. Or the one thing is, I'm not going to spend money on on ads, or I'm not going to like do a podcast, because I don't like my voice. And it's like, that thing is probably like, what's holding you back or something related to that. And that's been that's been like a really powerful mindset shift for me.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's, yeah, so for me, it's, I think starting the podcast, I was afraid of talking to people <laughs> but how <laughs> how can you do a podcast without talking to people so it's like okay i've gotta to, gotta to face my fear of you know talking to more people and you know i've done it well, so. <laughs> it
1: looks like it's working for you man yeah <laughs> it's yeah working. no yeah. for real it's uh and i think that's like that's a great thing is being able to be like hey this is the thing that's holding me back let me just dive in and do it and and it was similar to me i was telling you before we started recording like i did this the uh, the remote work academy if people want to check Mm. it out remote work academy.org I think is what it is um, where we interviewed like 50 different experts and I like always wanted to start a podcast or do an interview series but I was always really anxious about it I'm like ah like what if I'm a bad interviewer what if I don't have good questions what if there's like a long awkward pause and I was like let's just do it and dive in and like the first couple ones I like prepared as much like hours and hours preparing rereading their books and writing out all of these questions and watching other interviews with them to just be like, I want to be as dialed in as possible. And then I just did them like would do multiple a day, would do like two interviews a day for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then, you know, by the 50th one, you're like, Oh, this is easy. Like yeah. I'm just <laughs> going to go in and you can wing it. And yeah, you just got to immerse yourself in like that challenge.
0: Yeah. And, and can you, can you, cause I know you told me some names, you, Chris Voss uh, some incredible yeah. people that you've interviewed and yeah uh, Cr-
1: Chris Voss was the one that I was like most excited about because I had just read his book uh going into this and I loved it yeah. and I had like so many notes in it and then uh and then I reached out to his team and I was actually using like his negotiation strategies to get him on the <laughs> podcast so he talks about how to uh like instead of framing like he talks about no oriented questions so instead of being like would it be possible for you to come on my podcast? You would like make it so the, the answer that you want is no. So I would be like, would it be impossible to get you on this podcast? And I was emailing like with his assistant and she was like kind of laughing at me. She's like, <laughs> I, I see what you're doing here and I appreciate it. Um, yeah. and, and so that was really cool. We got James Clear on who he was actually the first interview we did. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, which is like one of the biggest books of all time. Um, who else did we have on? Marie Forleo um she wrote everything is figure outable. mark manson who wrote the subtle art of not giving an f oh, um another yes. like crazy bestseller so yeah it was just like it was reaching out like a pretty simple email and then trying to be as prepared as possible um but yeah it was it was really cool yeah people can check that out at remoteworkacademy.org
0: that's incredible and all you did was uh, you were an avid re- You're an avid reader, so that that did give you an advantage. But but you used the skills that they implemented in their books and used them on the authors.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, it's, (laughs) it's a good move. I mean, I think that like that again, it's so it's so cliche, but being an actual fan of the people you're reaching out to really does pay dividends it's like mm-hmm. you're not reaching out to a random person and pretending you're a fan and you're like hey i recently read your article on and then you just like cite the first blog post on their website it's yeah. like actually knowing their material and having that come across um actually one of the one of the coolest interviews i did was with this guy his name sean croxton and he had a youtube channel called underground wellness and it's it was like the thing that first got me interested in in health and nutrition which has been like my longest passion i came across him and like probably 2010. And so I reached out to him. Now he's doing these other, uh, like entrepreneurial projects. He moved from like kind of health and fitness to more entrepreneurship. But, um, it was like, I had been a fan of him for a decade. And then I got to, got to interview him and it was, it was such an honor, like just so cool yeah. to be able to, to do that. And I think that really does come across when you're reaching out to people of, of just like, I'm a massive fan. Like what would make this a no-brainer? Like I've learned a lot from you. Like this specific thing that you taught me has like changed my life. And I used it to with, with Chris Voss, I just closed the deal with Teachable, which Teachable is like a massive online course platform. And I used his, he has this one uh, line in his book about like, if somebody's kind of dragging their feet on an email, you Mm -hmm. just like send them like a one-liner of like, are you no longer interested in this project? And it sounds really aggressive, but it's also like if somebody has been pushing back and has just been dragging their feet. And so I did that and I sent that email and I was really nervous. And then that day we closed the deal and I was like, man, that's mind blowing. (laughs) And so, uh, so I, when I reached out to him, I was able to like say that in the email, like I use your skills to close the biggest deal of my career. And, uh, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, people really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I, I I loved it. I did an NLP course and then I started listening to, oh, him, cool. to him in his ebook. And I love the way that he, he uses the last, he talks about the last three words that somebody said just to get some more information out of them for, for your own sake. But when you're in, when, if you're having a really bad conversation with somebody, but you, you're still, you're interested in them. And you want to get a little bit more out of them, then you repeat the last few words just so they can explain a little bit more. And it's really incredible. Uh, I, I definitely, I think season three or season four, it's going to all about be about negotiation and communication and sales. So, um, I might reach out to you to see if uh, Chris Ross, Chris Ross, can come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm happy to do what I can do. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to read a few more of his books <laughs> to do that, and maybe sign up to the Black Swan Group. And stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> awesome. So, I know you you haven't got that much time, but I do want to ask you if there's any actionable tips that people can take today or do today to grow grow or market or scale their business, what three steps could you give them?
1: Three things. I think um, the first one that I've been interested in a lot lately, and this is something that you always hear again, I imagine everything I'm going to say is something that you've always heard, but maybe you hearing it one more time, will push it over the edge for you is um, and I think I was, I was framing it in terms of like, be more like a doctor than a salesman or a marketer and, I think if, if people like spend the time to look at like what makes them make a buying decision, particularly like for like an information product, whether it's an online course or an ebook or like you're listening to a podcast or you're uh, like reading a book or, or going to buy a book. Like I have, as I started paying attention to myself as I'm making these decisions, I realized like the thing that really gets me is when somebody is like so crystal clear on what my problem is mm-hmm. and it's, it's more important, at least in like the initial stages of that like uh, like customer relationship to know their problem better than like you necessarily have a solution for it. Because when people hear like you verbalize the problem in exactly the way that they would say it in so much detail, just over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, wow, you like not only are you saying this the way that I would say it, you're saying it with more clarity than I could even like put a finger on. And now that you're identifying my pain, I'm like, yeah, that's actually the problem that I have. And I didn't even know that that's what it was. <laughs> and then you're like, well, if you know the pain so well, you know, the pain better than I do. So you must know the solution better than I do. And that's something that like, I kind of had that light bulb moment recently. I'm like, yeah. Cause you always hear people say like, yeah, think of the pain. What's your customer's pain? What's the pain point? What, and then how do you agitate that pain? But like really thinking about like, not just knowing it the way they know it, but knowing it better than they know it in better phrasing with more clarity is is just like it's I was reading again. I, I feel like I'm throwing out so many books, but oh, there's good. this book called um, letting go that a friend of mine recommended to me. And it's it's like a um it's almost like a Buddhist book. I don't know if it's Buddhist, but but it's all about like the art of just letting things go and like figuring <laughs> out like what what are your like thoughts and then can you tie those thoughts to a specific like actual like physical sensation and then can you just like allow that sensation to be and then like allow it to pass um but in the beginning of the book he starts off being like hey you've probably tried all of these other things to fix yourself and they haven't been working you've probably tried ice baths and chanting and meditate and he just goes it's like three pages of all of the things you've probably, <laughs> you've, you've probably tried crystals and realigning your chakras and going to Tibet and meditating and becoming a vegetarian and like he just goes on and on I'm like man he's really like hitting on all of these different and I love that and and like there have been uh just so many like I, I have found that the books or things like that that I find most interesting often are like really focusing on the pain that you're experiencing mm-hmm. in, in so much detail and clarity. I will not belabor that point anymore. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a big one. Knowing the pain, um, I think the other one is, so now it's it's knowing your customer's pain. The other one that we talked about before is like knowing your pain of the thing that you're avoiding and really trying to like mm. identify what is holding you back. I think that, that Carl Jung quote again of like, what you need is found where you least want to look. Is is really a, a just a powerful thing to like spend time actually thinking about. Like, what are you avoiding? What are you anxious about? What are you nervous about? What do you feel other people will judge you for? What are you I'm judging just... other people for? Because th- that's another thing I've been thinking about. It's like whatever you're judging other people for is what you're worried other people are going to judge you for. And so it's like if you're judging other people as they're like going out and they're testing out a product and you're like, ah, that product stinks, like they're never gonna make any money for it. It's like this is why you're not going to be successful because like your anxiety is that, and you think other people are going to reflect that onto you versus if you're like, man, that's so great that he's doing it. And you can find that as like an inspiration, then you're going to have a lot less holding you back. Um, I think that's really cool. And then to kind of tag along with that is like, once you've kind of found that pain, you've identified what your pain is and you've decided that you're no longer going to allow that. It's just Mm -hmm. being relentlessly focused on getting those first handful of customers. Like, you're not building a website. You're not printing business cards. You're not making t-shirts. You're not doing, going to conferences. It's like, just get those first handful of customers. I mean, depending on the product, kind of the number can change. It's like, if you have an ebook, maybe you want more than five. If you have an online course, maybe five is too many. If, if the course mm-hmm. is a couple hundred bucks. Um, but as you get those initial clients, it's like, you're validating that there, there are at least like a handful, like say you're you put this product in front of a hundred people on Facebook and three of them buy it. It's like, that's a good indication that if you put now put it in front of a thousand people, that 30 people are going to buy it. But yes. if you put it in front of a hundred people and zero people buy it, you put it in front of a thousand people or 10,000 people, maybe still zero. So like you're getting that a little like that, that um, it's this idea of like, have you heard of fractals, like fractal geometry, where it's the idea of like things um, maybe you've heard of like the, the Fibonacci sequence where like, if you look at a tree, And then you look at a branch, a branch just looks like a smaller tree. And then if you look at like a leaf, a leaf kind of looks like a smaller tree. Or you look at a, uh, they talk about like a coastline and like a coastline looks kind of the same from like 30,000 feet up. And then you get closer and it looks the same and it looks the same. And so it's, if you take that concept and you apply it to like marketing or customers, it's like, Hmm. if you zoom in on a hundred people and you can get three of them, well, then if you zoom out and you go to a thousand or 10,000, But again, like zero is zero at every level of analysis. (laughs) But if you can get validation at a really small level, then you can probably scale that up. So I think like by being laser focused on like, let me get customers and if I'm not getting customers, let me keep changing different offers and mixing those around and see what until I can get a customer. And then it's like, okay, cool. You got a green light. Now get three green lights and then move on to level two. So uh, I guess it's important
0: then to if 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 you can see that something's not working and you know it will not work you've tried so many different ways and it's not worked. just to pull out on that thing and start something else start or, a different. Or, or
1: just you don't even necessarily have to pull out but maybe it's like maybe you're framing it wrong maybe like maybe you could just change the another book that i uh just started reading it's a massive book called a hundred million dollar offers um it actually has a pull quote from Russell Brunson up top, <laughs> but it's uh, it's really good. And he talks about how like, as you're changing your, he says to change the the like, the like packaging before you change the product. So maybe you have like a really good product. Like say you're, I don't know, what <laughs> what are you gonna do? You have an online course and, or you have like an entrepreneur bootcamp. And maybe it's great and the people who go through it really like it or you don't have any customers, but like you're pretty sure that it's good and you've talked to people and they're like, I really like it. But then as you put it in front of people, Nobody's biting. It's like maybe you're framing it wrong. And yeah. so, like, before you rebuild the whole product, try different framing for it. Um, he talks about like unbundling, where like maybe you have a bunch of things in this course and you're just saying, like, hey, join my boot camp. But maybe within that boot camp, they get like, I, I don't know, like uh, templates and email sequences, and they get a Facebook group and they get all these other things. Mm-hmm. like maybe you unpackage those and kind of show them line by line. Maybe you need to add some like, uh, like some guarantees to it where it's like, Hey, we have a a 30 day, no questions asked money back guarantee. Or if you sign up now, I'll actually throw in some one-on-one coaching, like playing around with different things that you can like add or take away or, or change the title of it or change the way you're marketing it. Those are usually easier um, than changing like the actual core of what you're doing. Now, if you, if you try that a couple of times and it's not working out, you can always (laughs) reevaluate like the actual core of the offer, but if you like, if you have found the pain and as you're telling people about the pain, it's like, you're going through this and this and they're like nodding your, this is another mm. Chris Voss thing where he's like, if people are saying that's right versus you're right. It's like, that's right means like, you're right. But when you, somebody's saying like, you're right, they just want to get out of the conversation. Like yeah. you, you're just lecturing at them. And, and they're just like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I know I should do that. They're just like, okay, leave me alone. But if they're like, that's right. Like, that's right. They're like, that thing is the they truth. Agree. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why like, start at the pain, have people validate that that's the pain they're feeling, and then figure out how to solve that pain. And if you're solving it better than somebody else, it's like the core of your product is probably pretty good. Maybe it's, maybe it's the pricing, maybe it's the packaging, all those other things. But if the core of that's good, like that's again, why focusing on the pain? Cause then you're validating the product in a better way as opposed to starting at the product.
0: Yeah, that's, that's intense. And I, <laughs> I think as well, you made it really, really simple. Those steps really simple and you broke them down. So that's great. Is there, is there one thing, is there anything that you haven't covered today that you wish you'd spoke about? Uh, that you wrote in your notes previously or that you wanted me to ask.
1: No, I I would uh I would love it if everybody listening to this built a product and put it on AppSumo. That uh that would be incredible. And again, it, it can be something as, you know, as lightweight as a as a checklist or an ebook. And in uh, we're actually currently again, like I said we're doing this this million dollar giveaway right now. It's probably going to be ended by the time that that this goes live, but we're doing, we're doing one internally for our employees as well. We have about, uh, I think over a hundred people at AppSumo right now. And like, we're all bought into the entrepreneurial mission, but most of us have never like actually built products on our own before. And so we're going through this internally to like try to make all of our employees entrepreneurs as well. And so like they're, um, like our video producer just hit, hit me up and is like, Hey, what product could I do? Like, I'm thinking of doing like a, uh, like a template for how to create like a YouTube video. I'm like, that's great. Um, I might do like an ebook on morning routines or something like that. So it doesn't have to be like a software tool that you're building with developers and all that. It can be something really lightweight, just enough to get your foot in the door because I think it's a lot more important. And I think this is kind of the, the main takeaway, regardless of people list anything on AppSumo, it's a lot more important to go through the full cycle of creating and selling a product even if that product's like for a dollar than it mm. is to go through 80 or 90 or 95% of the way before ever launching a more complex product. So it's like, what is the simplest possible thing that you could build and sell just so you can do one full loop? Like that—that that is kind of what I would recommend is like try to go through one full loop of what that mm. like product creation and sales and fulfillment process is, because then you're gonna just teach yourself that like, no, you can do this. Like, like the yeah. me who was on the train when I was working at that finance company and wanted to get into to marketing. It's like, get one job in marketing. And then I can prove to myself that like, I can work in this field. And I think it's, it's the same thing for, for this. And it's like, it's a very like anxious, anxiety producing, lonely, like you said, like it can be a lonely process. And it's like well, connecting with customers, like is a really good reinforcement that you're on the right path and that people like you have something valuable to offer to people. And so I've just like, if this convinces one person, hopefully it convinces all 2000 that they should go out and they should do that. And I imagine by the time this goes live, you're going to have 10 times that many listeners.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Especially if we uh, fully promote the podcast, but we will. Uh, So uh, yeah, that's great. I'm going to give you some time now just to share how people can get back in touch with you, how they can list on AppSumo, et cetera. So the floor is yours.
1: Awesome. Well, again, Chris, thank you so much for having me on. This was this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you you giving me an opportunity to talk to your audience, to, to chat with you, and uh, just a really fun conversation. Um, yeah. How can people get in touch? So you can go to appsumo.com. Um, if you go to sell.appsumo.com, that's where you can list your products. Um, but there's if you go to appsumo.com, there's probably going to be links and different things there where if you want to list your product, that should be pretty easy for you. Uh, but we also sell uh, thousands of software tools. So if people are looking to to get tools to help them to grow their business. We also have a bunch on there at crazy low prices. Uh, typically, you know, 90% off. Plus a lot of products are lifetime access where if normally they're $49 a month, you can pick it up for 50 bucks lifetime access, never pay another monthly fee. Again, um, we have our own internal products. Like you mentioned, uh, SendFox, um, which is for email automation. We have King Sumo, which is for giveaways like viral giveaways. Um, whole host of other, other tools as well. We actually just came out with an SMS product that I'm really excited about. It's called shorty SMS, where you can send automated SMS messages to your, to your customers, which is a really cool way to stay in touch with them. Um, yeah. and if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn is probably easiest. Uh, I think if you type in Chris AppSumo, I should be the only one, or maybe, <laughs> you know, we'll see, but, wow. uh, yeah, you <laughs> never <can laughs> <find me>. Chris Shelsey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. Thanks so much, man. This was awesome. No, no, it's
0: fine. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. And, you know, you kept me smiling for, <laughs> yeah, for, for about five minutes. No, I was going to add the call. No, I loved it. Thank you so much for, you know, wanting to come on the podcast. And thanks for making this experience. Uh, I'm not going to say the best one <laughs> because that would just be offensive <laughs> to everybody else. But it, it was really great. And I was really looking forward to it. So thank you again for awesome. I'm so your glad. time. Yeah, of course. Thank give you me man. some great tips for the podcast as well. And I will be Excellent. listening on AppSumo.
1: <laughs> I can't wait. Me too. Hope everyone else does as well. Thanks so much, man. Let me know when this is ready. I'd love to love to share it.
0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. This is the finale of season one. And I hope it was one to remember. Uh, if you do want to get involved in season two, season two is all about interviewing startup founders and teams within startups to learn their mindset, what's happening inside the team, maybe any secret strategies that they want to share uh, so they're not secret anymore um, to to help a wider audience of uh, business-minded folk, then uh, please fill out the waiting list in the show notes down below. And lastly, if you want to appear with uh, Noah Kagan on season two, then please fill out the waiting form uh, and get involved. If you're a podcaster and want to... Kickstart your podcasting journey. I have written a podcast launch strategy that breaks down exactly my strategy on how I started this podcast with some with some extra tips from our guests. Then you can go over to Appsumo slash products slash podcast dash launch dash strategy. And that's the that's the best way to learn more about the podcast launch strategy. It's on AppSumo for free, and it's selling really well. So if you want to contribute and support me in my side hustle, then please check that out as well. That was a lot of call to actions, but uh, in a few weeks' time, we'll be launching season two. So please get involved if you can, and if not, enjoy the season. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: So a lot of times when people are starting out like you also, I'd say, hey, if you hit me up in a year, I'll do it. And no one follows up. Following up is generally... I'd say like literally like if you could improve any skill besides selling and copywriting, like following up, like no one follows up like sumo.com. We got, cause we followed up for seven years. Yeah. Good, good job, by the way. Like props to you for getting going. I think a lot of people have talked about starting a podcast and then they do an episode of a podcast, but you know, I've talked about like law of 100, which is do a hundred of something. The fact that you've stuck with it though, is, is something to be proud of. So I think, you know, it depends on your goals. If your goal is like, Hey, I just want to meet people. That's great too. Um, I think if you're trying to build a, a business or a size of audience, a lot of times when you're coming back to ultimately with all the things that especially AppSumo does in general, it's like, am I making something people want? And so for your material, Chris, it's who actually wants to hear from you and then where are they?